Hey, welcome back to Pigeonal Hockey, where I don't claim to be a hockey expert, but simply an overzealous hockey fan that loves to play, watch, read, and talk about hockey. I'm your host, Chris, and today's special guest is the head coach and president of hockey operations for the NHL's Northeast Generals, Brian Erickson. Brian, welcome back to the show. Yeah, Chris, always a pleasure. I'm excited. I'm excited you jumped back on here. I figure we're going to be talking about the, the season the Northeast Generals had. So, man, what a season, Brian. It was... Um... It was good. It was a it was a special season. Um, thought we had a little bit more in the tank, but it was it was good from a whole organizational standpoint, from 16s, 18s, to NA3 to NA, and um, you know, anytime you 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 lose in pretty dramatic fashion as we did, it it makes it <laughs> oh, makes it a little a little bitter. But uh, yeah. uh, still proud of the guys. Um, Proud of what we accomplished, proud of the amount of commits we had, proud of the amount of uh, improvement we had. And we're really excited about the amount of kids that are returning next year. I mean, we were one of the youngest teams in the league and and uh, put ourselves in a good position for next year. Yeah, it was a really fun season to watch with the Generals this year. And yeah, to end in dramatic fashion, we'll keep that pretty short. But I rewatched it multiple times. And uh, yeah, that was an unfortunate call. Not the way you'd want it to end, but I don't think takes anything away from just the incredible season some of those boys had. No, and and that was pretty much, you know, I threw a little bit of a temper tantrum for about 30 seconds by myself when nobody was around in the hallway. And then uh, when I went and talked <laughs> to the boys, I, um, I, I just said that, you know, for me, like, we put ourselves for good or bad in a position where we had to win out, right, the last five games to, to yeah. have it. To, to get into the playoffs and we did and, and and that was you know so every game was a game seven and 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 that was awesome you know when we we beat some good teams we beat teams that beat us we beat the titans and you know we swept them at home um and that carried into game one of the playoffs so like for us that's a lot of you know and i talked about this last time we had a lot of just yeah. young band of idiots and <laughs> they they started to to grow right they started to yeah. develop they started to to figure it out like the the emotional uh, maturity that we started to get towards towards the end of the year and, and you know and and i put a lot of that on me like maybe i should have been able to get there earlier i mean because i was aware of it pretty early and it was a battle all year but kind of what made us good was that we were emotional kind of what made us bad was that we were emotional so you try to find you know balance that that line between the two and I'm really excited about next year I mean I'm in I'm here in Minnesota at the Robertson Cup and you know I was already scouting a bunch of stuff this weekend for for next year we've we, we were at Boston pre-draft two weeks ago you know scouting for next year we've tendered we tendered a kid last night uh, we offered another tender hopefully to a kid that will accept it um, yesterday and you know for us it's it's all just about we don't have a ton of holes, but it's about trying to fill those holes uh, pretty quickly and, and live up to the big expectations that we've put on ourselves going forward. You know, for the holes that you have to fill, it'd be excellent to find the right players and hopefully some tenders accept. And, you know, that would just be even better news. And we'll be watching for it on Twitter. We're very excited to see those drop. But, man, some of the talent you had this year, like, you know me, I'm the crazy goalie. And I've always got to talk crazy goalie. And you look at like Colin DeYoung this year. I know he didn't start with the Generals, but if any of listeners were able to see the top 15 plays we selected for the Northeast Generals this year, you might have think I had a goalie crush because I think he had almost half of them. The the idea for me is that Colin came in. He was a kid that when we were looking, North Iowa 
had a plethora of goalies and yeah. we were actually going after another player, another goalie on that team. And they didn't want to move. And so I was like, okay, let me get back to you. And uh, Steve Masler is our goalie coach and I, we watched video and, and all I knew was I loved his compete and I needed Steve to kind of, to let me know. And he said, listen, there might be some rough games in the beginning, but his work ethic and his athleticism is going to make some crazy saves. And he came in, um, didn't start super hot. You know, he, he started with some games that, you know, could have been better, but I always felt he gave us a chance to win the game. And uh, as the course of the season went on, um, obviously became our starter, became relied on, but he was good for a post-to-post highlight reel save at least once a game, you know, and his ability to move laterally um, is pretty unbelievable. I mean, his his athleticism, his flexibility um, were always in play, you know, especially you would see like, you know, because of the offense that we play, which is a little aggressive, we'd give up, you know, a two on O every once in a while, or they're yeah. crazy partials, you know, three on O or something wild. And, and I never felt like it was an automatical you know, and, and a lot of times he'd make just absurd saves. And uh, we were very lucky to have him. We're very lucky to have him back next year. Um, and we're excited to to build on on that year and get him a Division One commitment because I think he's a high-level Division One player. Yeah, with some of the plays, and I actually looked it up while you were talking about him here, six of the top 15 plays um, were Colin DeYoung for me here. Um, definitely had a... Other goalies shine this season, including Lime Sand and Drum, who also are included. But uh, yep. DeYoung had six of my top 15 Northeast Generals plays of the year. Um, and ah, there was that one play. It had to be – it was towards the end of the season when you were really fighting to make the playoffs and, and keep that playoff spot and then make the playoffs again. Um, there was a play where it had to be like 0.8 seconds left on the clock. Oh, and against Maryland in those little yeah. one-timer from the side. And uh, I won't tell you the defensive that completely blew the assignment. Um, but, you know, <laughs> the, the bad part about a great save is there's always a, a, a bad play that made the goalie make that great yeah. save. Yeah, 100%. And uh, Colin, he came out, he flashed the flashed the pad and stoned the kid, and the game ended. You know, and it was um, – I actually think that was kind of a turning point. And, you know, because it was one of those games where it was clear – the whole game, but it's obviously at the end too, that the goalie stole the game for us. Yeah. And we have been kind of missing that. You know, we had been, um, we hadn't had a lot of games where the goalie lost the game for us, but we hadn't had a lot of games where the goalie actually just stole the game for us. And that was one of those games where he just came in and said, there's no chance for losing today. And he played right to the buzzer, just something, you know, we, we saw later in the playoffs that we need to work on. Um, uh, into after the buzzer but um yeah, you know for, yeah. for us uh, he was he's and he's an awesome kid he, like I didn't think he could talk for like a month and um he <laughs> you know it turns out then once he started talking I was like oh I wish you didn't talk anymore but um he's just a great kid great goalie great you know hard worker and um you know I think that gives us a real advantage going into next year I think we have the best goalie in the division um from day one and that just puts us in a spot where you know, we return a lot of our D, return our goalie, return a lot of forwards, but we, we return six of our eight D and we return our starting goalie, right? So right then we're already building the building the team from the from the net out with some with some confidence. 
watching the plays this year, watching the goalie, just the saves from the goalies this year, man, you guys are definitely setting yourselves up for next year. And you've had some great talent here. Let's, I, I guess I have to talk not about goalies sometimes. For me, the one of the plays of the year, not one of the plays, it was the play of the year for me, was that Kiefer, what McDavid style dangling where he fed it to Anderchuk. First of all, incredible moves to get it from the defensive zone into the offensive zone right at the top of the, not so to speak, top of the crease, and then perfect feed to line up Anderchuk for that goal. That that thing was a thing of absolute beauty. Yeah, Kiefer. He's a special player, you know, and and he's kind of he's a typical general. You know, we went around the room at one point and I said, uh, where did you play last year? I had every kid stand up and explain where they played. And and I said, you know, if for any kid that played in the N.A., I said, how many teams have you been on? And he's a typical kid where he had, you know, been in another program, didn't have a lot of success. Our favorite type of player. We ended up having 20 kids that had played on multiple junior teams before they mm-hmm. came to us. And, and we kind of like to be the land of misfit toys. Like I think our coaching staff is, I think our GM is and in a good way, meaning we got a little chip on our shoulder where we've you know been counted out or been the underdog. And Kiefer came here last year from, from Shreveport where, he, you know, he wasn't getting the ice time that, you know, because of their lineup, you know, they were, they were very, very, very good team. I think they ended up winning it all. So, you know, no disrespect uh, to them not playing them a ton, but you know, when we got them, we told them, we're like kind of letting the, kind of letting the reins off you, you know, we're going to let you, let you go and let you be creative, let you use your speed. And, um, and he bought in. And then this year, I mean, he was Mr. OT. He was, you know, Mr. Big play. Um, and he was awesome all year. And obviously, you know, he's going to West point next year and, um, we're really excited for him, but the, the, the amount of not just goals that he scored, the amount of highlight assists and highlight plays and rushes that he was able to make were, uh, pretty amazing. Um, he's a special kid, you know, that, um, I'm very fortunate to have coached and I'm pumped for him. I mean, he's just, he, he was playing his best hockey when it mattered the most. And, and for me as a coach, it's all you want. You see that throughout the season with them. Some of those sick plays, they didn't necessarily lead to goals, but they got the momentum shifted in the other direction or got the play out of the zone. It just seems to be one of those players. And, I mean, guys like uh, Scott and uh, Ryan Gordon as well, I mean, just saw some incredible plays from them this year. Yeah, Jared Scott, he's got like crazy speed. But the one thing he does that, you know, with that speed is he just moves through contact. His feet are always moving. We make jokes about, Kiefer and Scott where like they should just decline breakaways in the game in the regulation because they never score on them <laughs> and then when they get breakaways in overtime or you know they're they're like automatic it's it's legitimately wild um and Ryan Gordon you saw a kid you know cut from another team in the NA we brought him in um yeah I think he went like 32 games without a goal in his start here last year and yeah you know, and then he started to be a point per game guy towards the end of the year. And then this year, you know, he won the award for best all around forward. I mean, drafted high in the USHL draft. I mean, just, we have you know a bunch of guys there that are high, high, high level kids, but high level players that make highlight real plays. You know, for us, um, we let the reins off our guys in the offensive zone. Like we allow a lot of creativity. We don't have a lot of set stuff that we're trying to do. Um, you know, it's basically a lot of structure in the D zone a lot of speed through the neutral zone and then the offensive zone, let your creative players be creative, you know, give them uh, certain outlets and options if uh, plays don't work out off the rush. But for the most part, because of that, 
we get some highlight reel goals, you know, because we allow kids to um, to do what they do best, which is, you know, figure out ways to put the puck in the back of the net. And, and you saw that. I think you saw the Jared Scott play and against Maryland, yeah. Maryland where he kicks the puck, you know, uh, yep. for a great backdoor assist. You know, just a lot of little stuff um, that goes a long way. Ryan Gordon, just, you know, great shot, very shifty, um, great in the center dot. You know, it, it's – it's um, we're excited. The future is really bright. I mean, Jared Scott and Ryan Gordon are both O2s. You know, Ryan's going to try his hand um, at Sioux Falls. Um, but, you know, if for some reason it doesn't work out, you know, he has a home here and um, he's got big time schools on him. And I, I think, um, you know, that's a big attribute or a big uh, compliment to the amount of work he put in. And uh, Jared Scott, has got a lot of schools after him. He'll be back with us and uh, he's going to be a kid that you know, he'll get something big done because of his, he's got game breaker ability, game breaker speed, game breaker uh, brain. Um, he, he plays hard. He plays physical. Um, he learned the D zone, which is something that we are focused on. And um, he bought into everything Eric and Cody and I were, were teaching him. And um, we were really excited. You know, for us, that's kind of the most exciting part is when, you know, kids have holes in their game, like Paul Minahan. You know, Paul yeah. Minahan probably had never come back below the red line uh, before he came to us. And, and, and for us, it's just a non-starter. And he worked his way to become the guy that I trust on the ice at the end of games. You know, a uh, guy that I trusted on the penalty kill, guy that I trusted in pretty much any situation. And... And, you know, in talking Arizona State, I know they're incredibly excited about his uh, development. He got drafted in the you know, first 20 picks in the USHL draft. And, and we're excited. Like, he's a kid that, you know, for us needs to move on. You know, he, he had 60 points this year. He dominated the, the level. Um, and, and for us, we're excited. He's in 03. Once again, if it doesn't work out for whatever reason or he's not having a good experience, he'll be back. And um, we're excited about, you know, giving kids opportunities but also, you know, being a home for them that they're excited to come back to if it doesn't work out. The guys like Minahan, like you heard his name all season long. You heard I talk a lot about the goalies, but obviously the forwards make those big, sexy plays. The defense this year, the defense was actually quite incredible. Talk to me a little bit about some of your defensive core. Yeah, so our D, were, we were aggressively young. Before we traded for Evan Orr, we only had one one, which was Steve Ardagna, who was a, a legitimate Cinderella story, as in, Never heard of him. Showed up at main camp. Um, my GM at Devil kept going. There's something there, and I and I kept watching him. I go, well, if it is, I haven't seen it yet. And um, <laughs> and he kind of kept pushing him to. Uh, and I'm like, fine, you know what? He can come to training camp. Like whatever, just leave me alone. And um, and and then I was like, okay, he'll be like the eighth defenseman. And and then he's just one of those kids who just worked and worked and worked and came to a point like pretty quick that he was never going to be out of the lineup. So he was like super steady, but then you had Jackson McCarthy, you know, O2 who's going to wear wear a C for us next year. Um, you know, right shot defense and big, strong. You know, got committed to Mercyhurst early, and instead of resting on it, just started working harder and got better and better. We had Bryce Cooper, six six. You know, he went through the typical, you know, started off hot and then he had a big dip after an injury and then started to come back up. And you know, he's he's big time. He's getting looked at by schools that I, I wish I could name, but I mean, they're top five programs in the country. Um, we had Asher Witz, uh, 04, you know, went through those growing pains as well. We had Doug Freiberg from Sweden, who I just, uh, I, I can't say enough good things about. Like his feet um, got better as the year went on. Like you notice his feet because he's a big defenseman and, and sometimes they're not pretty, but his angles, his brain is, is next level. And then you have, you know, 
Matt's spirit and Jacob Kaminsky, guys that came in and earned their spot. And we returned six of those guys, you know, and then obviously, you know, I said Evan Orr, Evan Orr, we, you know, we traded a, a lot um, to bring him in, to bring an 0-1 defenseman in that could, you know, kind of show the guys, you know, what yeah. it takes to be successful. And he fit in to our locker room from day one. I mean, unbelievable kid, but really good defenseman, you know, really really calm really controlled sometimes too calm you know and, and and would occasionally make a mistake but he's gonna be a big time player at michigan tech and and for us he helped i think bryce cooper and jackson mccarthy and asher and Fryber. i think he helped those guys a lot just kind of from a take care of your body standpoint mentally pre- mental preparation standpoint you know jackson doesn't need that he's He's like a freak, and he makes me feel bad <laughs> myself when I when I when I see him without his shirt on. So um, that's uh, most kids do, in honesty. But Evan was just was an awesome. So like to return six of our D, and then to have already tendered Jack Demora, kid that played in our 16s and our 18s, and he's a legitimate psychopath, nicest kid in the world, uh, off the ice, but on the ice he's like in the pre-draft a couple weeks ago he lost two and a half teeth in three different incidents because he leads with his face when he hits, which is electric. And, uh, and, you know, he didn't miss any shifts. He's just battling through it. I mean, he's just a, he's a warrior. And then we uh, tendered uh, kid Charlie Robinson from Nichols prep yesterday, who's just a super smooth skating, great passing defenseman. So there's a little room there, but to be sitting here on May 23rd, which is when we're recording this, have 8D locked up that we're really comfortable about, have one goalie that's the starter locked up. It's a pretty unique position where last year, you know, you're looking at that decor. Cooper knew, McCarthy was old, Kaminsky was new, Freiburg was new, Spirit was new, Witz was new, uh, Ardagna was new, Orr was new, right? Everybody was yeah. new except for Jackson McCarthy. And Jackson McCarthy wasn't good the year before. <laughs> like, so um, <laughs> we basically got a new Jackson McCarthy, you know, and, and that was one of the things where, you know, we have our exit interviews. We tell kids what they need to work on, what they need to come back and focus on. And, and Jackson just worked on every single thing. I've never seen a kid come back better at everything you tell them to work on. And, um, you know, he's a kid that, you know, it's why he's going to wear the letter for us. And, um, just an awesome kid, awesome hockey player. So the D was really good. And Eric Progen, my associate head coach, did a great job coaching them up and, you know, working on defensive schemes. And towards the end of the year, we found one that, that really I thought worked and, and, uh, started to, have a little bit more success than we were having earlier. Um, you know, we had to take some of the thinking away from some of our day um, yeah. and really work on their skill and their their reactions because they they do have a really good reactions and really good skill. And once we did that, um, we really started to shut the door down and helps when you have a goalie in net that you trust to make the save. You know, I don't think Cullen got beat too many times on the first shot, you know, and that was that was huge. No, that's incredible. And that's what you need out of your goalies. And you know what? Don't don't feel bad when you when you see these these young players like this. You know, we got to rock the dad bods. And, <laughs> you know, I, I'm proud to rock the dad bod. And in fact, I was talking about that today with some of my coworkers. We were walking back from a wine tasting because that's what you do now. The one guy said, oh, I'm I've, I've got to get back and ship my man. You're about to have a kid. You got to rock the dad bod. Look at us. We got to be proud of this. He's like, you don't have any kids. I'm like, shut up. Let me just rock the dad bod. <laughs> yeah, like relax. I, I, you know, I could be a dad, so therefore it counts. The uh, <laughs> right. So, so for us, like for me, you know, I'm sitting in a hotel. I've probably already eaten like 
three bags of junk food and it's you know, <laughs> one o'clock. Um, there's no secret to why I'm out of shape. But for me, the <laughs> the idea of having this many returners yeah. in key positions is so big. Like, yeah, do we want maybe one more top four defenseman? Maybe, but we still think the kids that we have are going to develop. Like Asher Witz, like he was on NHL Central Scouting. He's a kid that typical of an 04, a young kid in the league, had big highs and big lows. And then at the yeah. end of the year, was playing his best hockey, you know, and 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 that's what you want him to build on. Matt the Spirit, kid that we brought in, didn't expect him to play probably more than 10 games, ended up playing like 30-something and being a kid that we trust on. Jacob Kaminsky played in the NA3, tendered, you know, well, did everything, fought, blocked shots, hit, you know, was kind of a scumbag on the ice. And, and we love that. Doug Freiberg, you know, he's going to come back, be a power play guy. Like I said, Jackson McCarthy, uh, Bryce Cooper was just named MVP of the pre-draft tournament with 120 teams there. Um, you know, for us, we're, we're pretty excited about about that back end. And, and obviously, Colin, you know, I, I have no problem talking about Colin a lot. And then, you know, up front, <laughs> we bring back David Anderchuk, our other captain, probably will be the best player in the East. Jared Scott, stud, uh, sixth in Generoso, played his best hockey at the end of the year. Joey McGraw, he was the youngest player in the year by a full year. Even if he was, he's an 05 December 20-something or 15th or something like that. If he was born December whatever of 04, he still would have been the youngest kid in the league, right? So he was wow. full year younger. And then we got full year with the, the Ram brothers. We got Joe Schubert, who will wear a letter for us, committed to Air Force. We got Michael Wool back. We got Jacob Wilson. You know, we have a lot of kids coming back that give us a lot of kind of confidence in the ability that worst case, that's who we have. Best case, we get kids that are coming in and pushing those kids to be better, right? You know, and yep. ultimately that's who you want to be as a coach. And Next year, we'll have a tough year, meaning as in we have a lot of O2s, you know, so it will be in a little bit different spot where this year we had 401s and or 501s. And um, next year we'll have, you know, we'll have a lot of O2s. And, and that's kind of what we did. We tried to build a team this year that was ready to win. And I really think we were, you know, negative one seconds away from being out here in the Robertson Cup. Um, <laughs> but the the idea for us is that, we also were trying to build this team for for a two-year kind of run and yeah. uh, you know and listen losing in the first round you know yeah it doesn't sound good but if anybody that watched us play losing in the first round the way that we did um, there's a lot to be proud of and a lot to build on there yeah the the generals moving into the playoffs were a scary team a team you didn't you didn't want to face and like i said minus one seconds away from at least having the chance to compete in the the next period yeah. I will say having that amount of returnees minus the players that are either going to move up, always have that place to come back home to should it not be working yet at the next level. I think that speaks a lot to the generals program because you can look around multiple leagues and see teams that are unable to return a lot of players or players that just move on to different teams at the same level. Um, so it's, it's really impressive. And I think it speaks a lot to the Northeast generals program that, you have so many players that are actively staying with the team next season. Yeah, I think, you know, what Matt Dibble does as the general manager is pretty awesome. And and the one thing that um, I've been both criticized and praised for, which to me, that's that's the right way, is that I'm my loyalty. Um, sometimes I'm too loyal to a fault. Sometimes I'm loyal and it works out. Um, I'd rather be, you know, overly loyal to kids and have it work out than um, give up on kids too quickly, you know? So 
you know, I said to you before when we were, we were talking, you know, 21 kids started with us August 15th, ended with us, you know, May 15th, you know, and yeah. that's a 25-man roster. So, yeah, we had some movement in those other four spots, mostly on the, on the goaltending end. But um, we're excited, you know, about, you know, the same thing for next year. You know, we have, you know, 16 or 17 kids returning, um, you know, and you get Tyler Ram who played in the NA3, and then we added him at the end of the year. Um He'll be a veteran, meaning he's played in playoff games. He's played in must-win games. He's played in, you know, situations that were as hard as you can possibly get when you're in the North American Hockey League. Um, the one thing about the North American Hockey League is the only way to really be good, other than a few kids in the North American Hockey League, is to play in it. You know, and that yeah. and that's always, that's kind of a challenge. You know, you look at Joey McGraw, the 05, I mean, he only had a handful of points, um, but I trusted him. He played in the last two games of the playoffs. You know, and and for me, I didn't think of him as an 05. I just thought of him as a as a Northeast general. At the end of the day, like those games are going to serve him well. Like so, he didn't just play in games against random teams in September, October, November. He played big time games and big time minutes in big time situations. You know, six and Genarso kid committed to LIU in 03. Who he struggled. You know, with the transition from midget hockey to junior hockey, wasn't able to do the stuff that he was able to do from day one. And, and he was frustrated, but instead of getting frustrated in a negative way, he just started to work and uh, figured out a way to you know, be a good F1, be a good F3, be really good in the D zone, be really good in the, in the neutral zone, get, real, get, get pucks deep, just be smart. And then all of a sudden the offense started to come. Like, I think he only had two goals in the first, like, 54 games. And then he had two goals in the biggest games of the, you know, of the year. And uh, he's a kid that's going to be a big-time player. And he's a kid that we're excited about Joe Schubert, you know, kid that Air Force commit kind of started on our fourth line, um, mm -hmm. you know, because he brings energy and speed and, and those things. But, you know, all of a sudden he was playing in the top six at the end of the year. He's playing on the power play, you know, and it was because of his work ethic. Like I'll rem I'll never forget. And this is a just a good lesson for any kid is we played down in Danbury a little bit before halfway through the year, about, you know, probably about 40 percent of the year. And he played terrible on a Friday. I mean, just just like completely irrelevant. And so I scratched him. You know, we lost the game and I scratched him for the next game. And and uh, I brought him in and I sat down and I explained to him, you know, why he was being scratched. And I just said, listen, first of all, I do not want you to think I'm blaming you for the loss. Like, that's not why you're out of the lineup. I'm, I'm, you're out of the lineup. I'm hopefully giving you a wake up call. And the conversation I had was so mature on his end. Coach, I would have scratched me, too. Like. I just, I wasn't stopping on pucks. I wasn't being hard. I was just out there skating around. And I said, okay. And, and, and his response to it was awesome. And then when he got back in the lineup, he was a different player the rest of the year. And, and for me, like that's the maturity that you want. And that's also as yeah. a coach, you want to be able to communicate with the kids why they're in the lineup, why they're out of the lineup. And then when they come in and, and do this stuff, you're like, wow, like it's great because now it's a lesson for the other kids in the room. You know, it's not mm -hmm. just you're excited for Joe Schubert. You're excited that you have that story kind of in your back pocket. Uh, Nick Ram, another kid, he he played really well in the beginning of the year, and then he lacerated his Achilles with a skate blade. And um, he got pretty fat during uh, rehab. Um, I can say that because he's played 16s, 18s, everything for me. So, um, <laughs> And then uh, he came back, and he kind of lost his you know spot in the lineup. You know, and, and towards the end of the year, this is a kid that played for my associate head coach at 16s and at 18s. He, I don't think he's ever killed a penalty in his life. And um, all of a sudden, like, we're doing this penalty power play, penalty kill and drill for, like, 
two weeks kind of off and on during practices. And I look at Eric, I go, is Nick Graham good at killing penalties? And he's like, I was just thinking the same thing. And all of a sudden he became the guy that had to be in the lineup. So it didn't matter who he might be the 13th forward. And there was a game um, towards the end, like about 20 games left when he started coming in and he was our number one penalty kill. He was the first guy over the boards. And, and we had a bunch of division one guys at the game and they go, who's that Nick Ram kid? And I go, I go, why? They go, because his first shift was 18 minutes into the game on a five on three. And I'm like, who, I'm like, who hates this kid? And, I, and he goes, and then he goes out there and he has like two shots on net as a five on three. Like he was just electric, you know, and he, you find guys that figure out ways to get into the lineup. And once again, that's like a, another good story to use in your back pocket. You know, like here's a yeah. kid that had never killed a penalty. He's, he scored 85 goals last year at U18. Uh, he's a natural goal scorer, probably never killed a penalty, been on the power play. And he figured out a way to transform his game to be a kid that needs to be in the lineup. You know, and for me, those are the things as a coach that make you the most excited about coming back the next year, you know, and um, even guys like Brent Kiefer, Kyle Schroeder, like kids that are going on to college, like you get excited about their their maturation as a player because now they're not just going and have to be a top six guy. They're a guy that can play in the hard, in the trenches and the walls and, you know, and yeah. all these things like Kiefer's, um, his elevation of his physicality was a big evolution over the course of his year. You know, it was a kid that, you know, wasn't overly physical and then became very physical. And, and that's something that's going to serve him well next year at, at West Point. So, you know, we have a lot of those stories that we hope translate into this coming year. And I think, you know, the more data you can have of kids that played with other kids and be like, hey, remember how he did it? It, it just helps set the tone a little bit, you know, because not a lot of kids come in uh, like Jared Scott and just have really good years. Like it, right. it doesn't really happen. Uh, Brendan Dumas for, for the Titans, like he stepped in, he had 60 points this year. But then when the playoffs started, you know, he was struggling a little bit. And then he broke out last night with two goals in one of the biggest games of the year to get them to the championship, you know. And Incredible. for me, yeah. that, like, that shows you, like, his maturation as a player, right? And and we're looking for that, the same thing here, you know. And um, I thought we had a lot of those. I thought uh, Eric got better as a coach. Cody got better as a coach. I got better as a coach. And we still have a long ways to go. Um, like, I tell the kids all the time, like, win or lose, first thing you got to do is look inward what could you have done better? And and we do the same thing as coaching staffs, right? Like we're here, we were meeting last night as coaching staff, watching video of, of games last year of things that we could have done better. And we do the same thing for our players. And our players, I think, respond because if I coach a game and I coach a bad game, first person I'm going to blame is me. And I'll stand up in front of the room and blame myself. Just like I want the kids to not stand up in front of the room and blame themselves, but at least internally look, but like I could have given more. Yeah. And, and that makes us excited about next year. That speaks a lot to the program. And I think that's important, important stuff for listeners to hear, especially young players that want to continue to develop their game at whatever level they're at, is to take note of what you just said and find a way to mature your game. Find a way to look at yourself externally in terms of how you can improve your game and what things you need to do well. Identify the things you know you do well and improve upon those. And Know what your weaknesses are and be ready to work on those. And coaches will ask, do you know what you did wrong there? And you should know what you did wrong there. And if you don't, well, that's what a coach is going to point out. <laughs> but uh, no, they 100% yeah. do. And, and the one thing that we implemented uh, last year or the year before 
was when we do video one-on-one with kids, we make them like, I'll pick a game. I'll say, hey, you know, uh, Chris, you're, you got Friday's game. Joe, you've got Saturday's game. Eric, you've got Friday's game, whatever. And I say, pick your three best shifts and why they were good and your three worst shifts, why they were good and tell me how you played overall. So when they come into video, we're watching shifts. Okay, let's watch your three worst shifts and why were they bad? So then they explain to me and we're watching it and we're pausing it. And sometimes they're not as bad as they think they were. Sometimes they're way worse than they thought they were. Um, and then sometimes <laughs> the good shifts are actually pretty bad shifts or their good shifts are great shifts, you know? And, and for me, it, it allows us to start getting into the brains of the kid and allows the kid to start becoming a better self-assessor, you know, of, you know what? It wasn't that bad of a shift. I thought it was, I made that pass, but you know, I thought the kid was cutting through and this is why, you know, the pass didn't work or the play didn't work. And that's okay. Like, right. We, we just want kids to build upon um, because, you know, our big thing here with at Northeast is getting kids not committed. I mean, which is obviously a huge aspect, but getting them to be really good college hockey players, like not just get the commitment, go to college and make a huge impact. And, yeah. and for us, that self-assessment is probably the most important thing. Like, why am I out of the lineup? Not because coach hates me, not because he likes so-and-so better. What's the reason that that other kid won the tiebreaker to be in the lineup over me? You know, and and we'll tell the kids that, but I also want the kids to kind of start to think about that. There's nothing wrong with thinking you should be in the lineup over Jimmy, right? But yeah. why is Jimmy in the lineup? Does coach, why does coach trust him in situations that he doesn't trust me, right? And 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 those are things that are incredibly important not just in hockey and life, but especially at the next level where one bad shift could keep you on the bench, right? For us, yeah, you know, we're going to let you fail a little bit and and, and try not to be afraid to fail. And, and you got a longer leash here in junior hockey, but at college hockey, you know, these guys are making big money and they got families that move around and, and they're, they're a couple wins or losses away from getting fired. So at the end of the day, you want them to make sure that they're making the most of their opportunities. And, and for me, I hopefully we're setting the kids up to be able to, to adapt to that. And that's what you want out of a program. And that's why it's uh, it's always great talking to you and, and learning about the program. And uh, yeah, really excited to watch next year. We're excited to be back. We're excited for our NA3 team, you know, who made it to the, the Fraser Cup semifinals and went undefeated in our division. We're looking forward to that team continuing to develop and, and our 18s and our 16s. And we're excited about the way we do things. We don't think we're the ones that do it best. We, we think that there are a lot of teams that do it the right way. But we're very comfortable with who we are, and, and we want kids that come here to be excited about their development and their improvement. Every morning is hockey and coffee. It's it's not the worst life. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, we do want to thank all of you listeners for tuning in. So be sure to follow us on Twitter at PHH Official to let us know what you think. And also be sure to comment and share any upcoming games or hockey news we should cover in a future podcast. This was the Pigeon Hockey Podcast with Chris. And today's guest, head coach and president of hockey operations for the NHL's Northeast Generals, Brian Erickson. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for jumping on. And remember, listeners, always clear your crease.